You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 365. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. Today is going to be a little bit of a catch-up with you at the start, and then a Q&A episode with questions that have been submitted on Instagram. So first, I know it's been a little while since I have podcasted, so I hope you're doing well. I hope everything is going smoothly in your life, as smoothly as possible. I hope you're checking into your intuition whenever there are bumps in the road and you're going, why is this happening? I hope you're going inside of yourself to find those answers within. If you have trouble hearing your inner voice or not sure about how to hear your inner voice, as always, this entire year, we've been hosting loads of inner voice facilitator-led classes through our Living Room Project in the Lively Community Foundation. There'll be new ones coming up in October. There's even some still in September if this episode ends up airing before September's over. So feel free to go and dive into those classes. They're offered completely by, you know, free for the public, which is you. You can join as many or all of them as you like. The recordings are also going to be sent out to people that purchase, sorry, not that they don't have to purchase. It's totally free. You can just sign up for the classes. If you can't make the recordings live, you can uh, get the recordings and catch them later. So if you're doing the dishes, getting ready for the day, that kind of thing, feel free to just listen to the recordings. We're so excited to offer this so that you know how to hear your own inner voice and all of the topics that are important to you in your life, your own wisdom. The greatest gift you'll ever receive is within yourself. So anyways, there's that if you're you know, going through some stuff and want to find some clarity. In my life, I am here in London still. I've been in London with a few weeks in Scotland in the middle, just recently back from Scotland, but basically been here for almost two months now, over two months now. And part of that, I just want to say, because I'm sure there's some questions coming up in the Q&A that I haven't gotten to on my phone, but I'm guessing there may be some questions because I've asked for questions that you guys might have for me about my personal life. Why am I on the road? Why am I not in Lisbon as I used to be? As you may be wondering if you have been following me on Instagram and seen that I've been on the road for so long, Atlas and I are no longer together. So this is something that has happened now a a fair little while ago. But it is something that I deeply first just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you a million times over. I cannot ask for a better community of people to be in my life. You guys are so incredible in terms of your support and being patient and waiting for me to share that information rather than like asking me or hounding me or, you know, just kind of like questioning that. I'm sure the question may have arisen for those following my Instagram, but I got like only two people asking questions about that before I asked for these Q&A questions just in a direct message. And I just have to say thank you so much. I appreciate your respect for me and my privacy. Obviously, this is like a private matter between Atlas and I. By the way, I can say he's a dear human. He will always hopefully be in my life in some way or another. He means the world to me. And I'm so happy that our transition's been as smooth as it has been into this new phase of our own journeys in this new way. And I just have to say thank you so much for your respect of the privacy as we obviously went through that transition. And I just have to say, even though obviously the details of the transition are between him and I, and as you guys always know, I'm an open book in terms of my reality, but I am very protective of my family and friends or my partner in this case to not be sharing details that would be overly personal to their lives 
with you because, you know, obviously I'm a public figure, but I know that not everybody in my life is asking to be one. And so I'm always very, very privately respectful of other people. When I have this public out, you know, with you guys, I love to share my life as a way of being able to teach and share and connect with you and be just really honest with you about what I'm growing through, what I'm experiencing and everything. But I also like to support and protect the people that haven't asked to be public. (laughs) So for that reason, I'm not going to get into obviously many details. They're personal and private. But I want to say if you're worried about me, because I actually saw this. I followed this woman on YouTube year like last year and she went through a divorce and I, you know, you kind of watch that unfold kind of like me. There's like a period of kind of quietness, like is what's going on. There's like some changes happening in her life. Then, of course, she shared it. And I have to say, when I saw her experience that transition in her life, and I'm just a viewer, just like you might be listening to the podcast or maybe have taken some classes, I love just viewing her content, but it kind of put me in a, you know, a viewer's point of view to somebody's relationship transition. And obviously, this woman is like, married for many years. They'd been together for much longer than Atlas and I, for example, had been together. But I was really shook by that for her. I I was amazed at how much that impacted my sense of like care for her, concern for her. And obviously it was touching into a little bit of a fear or insecurity in myself to the idea of, oh my gosh, what if one day I was in her shoes? Because it was it just seemed so unexpected to the partner and the relationship she seemed to have, you know, from what I saw on her YouTube channel. And what I've watched over the last, I don't know how long she's been separated or divorced, but she's been thriving. And so my first like initial kind of shocked concern over time, just like watched her metamorphosize, like transform into this, you know, new iteration of who she is in her later stages of life. And I'm just watching her thrive. And I was like, that was actually a beautiful foreshadowing, which obviously I didn't ever foresee at the time I was watching this with her experience. But I want to say that in case, because I've had that experience myself with this woman, in case anyone's worried about me, (laughs) like I was worried about her. I want to say, guys, I have to say that relationship was one of the most, is the most healing relationship I have ever had in my entire life. And because of that relationship, I am a completely transformed person when it comes to the subject of relationships. And I am so deeply thankful for it because through that transformation, I have transformed and coming out the other side of it, all of that worry and fear and insecurity that you would hear me speak about from the dating years, I think it was single before Atlas, like six years maybe after my um, you know, divorce before, Oh my goodness, there was so much fear, longing, anxiety, worry, all the things you guys heard me. If you go back to earlier episodes, just scroll down on the your, your Spotify feed, go find earlier versions of me. I have to say, I am so thankful to come out the other side of this situation, so thriving. I am staying right now in a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house of my dreams place in London. I'm here for a few weeks. It's actually ironically and beautifully aligned. It's the same layout as my Sydney apartment, and my Detroit condo. And now I'm in the same kind of loft style, but it's even more to my taste and aesthetic. I'm just loving it. I'm here for a few weeks, then a friend of mine is coming into town for my birthday. We're gonna have a fun weekend together. And then for a few more days, I'll be in London. 
Then there's like so many new things to tell you guys now that I'm ready to share. So then I'll be back in Lisbon for about nine days to see family and get things settled so that I can move forward into about a week or so in the US, just a week this year in the US, seeing family and friends in Detroit, Michigan, a place I've been many times before, as you guys know. It's kind of uh, growing up in Michigan. It's actually of all the places for me to go back to in America. I know there's so many places to go in the country. But the thing that, you know, if I'm only going to do one day there, it's either going to be Hawaii, because I love Hawaii, or, you know, Detroit. Detroit's got this personal connection to me that I just truly love. I love the restaurants. I love my friends. I love just, you know, the the cozy comfort of going to a place I used to call home for so many years of my life. So anyways, going to be seeing that for a little while. And then guess where I'm going to go, guys? Take a second, scan back to what is Jess Lively like <laughs> going to Australia? Of course. Of course I'm going to Australia. Yes, 100%. Now the pandemic's over. We can get there. It's no longer, you know, what it used to be in terms of the lockdowns and all that kind of thing. So and here's another one. Guess what's inspired the action? The inspired action towards going to Australia is the New Zealand Abraham Hicks cruise. So I don't know if you guys follow Abraham Hicks, but obviously many years of my life have been devoted to the content of creation. And Abraham's been one of the clearest channels of that content I've ever found. Flow with Intention obviously is heavily inspired and based on the work that they've done and just learning how as a human to apply it in life. So excited. I've done two cruises with them in the past. I did the Alaskan cruise where I was in the hot seat myself in 2019. And then I think 2018 or 2017, I was also on their French Riviera cruise. So I didn't imagine ever going on a cruise again with Abraham. I love Abraham and I still, now that I'm on my own again, listen in the mornings as I get ready for uh, the day. I love listening to the energy of Abraham. I don't really need the content. Obviously, it's <laughs> thousands of hours into my bloodstream at this point, so it's coursing through me. But I just like the energy, just like someone likes, you know, listening to certain kinds of music. So I enjoy that. So there's that. You know, obviously, I'm still connected to the energy that I enjoy getting from the content. But the New Zealand cruise happens to leave and return back to Sydney, Australia. And Sydney has always been my favorite place in the world overall. There's many beautiful places in the world, but if I had to find all my favorite things rolled up into one location, for the most part, that's Sydney. It's basically London in Portugal. <laughs> so Portugal weather, Portugal, you know, coastal views and that kind of climate, those sort of things and the laid back lifestyle. But it has like that first world busy buzzing kind of economy and structure and English speaking and kind of like Western approach to bureaucracy, which is more efficient and just clear paths to a lot of different things. That's uh, definitely something that Australia has. So anyways, very excited for all of that. So I'll be going there and then hopefully spending the next two to three months for the wintertime northern hemisphere, summertime in the southern hemisphere there. So very excited to see, revisit this country I love so much, see how it feels, see if any visas flow. That would be incredible. I've got a few ideas percolating, nothing in clarity yet, but I'm going to get there and explore how it feels and what flows next. So yes, on the road again, but this time it's actually for a choice. I think those six years that I was traveling through following my intuition, my mind would always say, you know, I do not want to be doing this mentally. I'm just doing this from my intuition's guidance. But now coming out the other side and having been in Lisbon, having had this beautiful relationship, 
I now also understand and appreciate the gift of learning to flow around the world from my inner voice that I had by following it more than my mind for so many years has shown me the beautiful gift that travel and change can bring and also living in the unknown of where to next and how long and all those sorts of things going into it this time but from a place of aligned centered joy not needing it to be a permanent part of my life but not resisting it anymore either that's the thing i feel like i don't resist being single at all like maybe i never end up in a relationship the rest of my life i cannot believe that the jess before <laughs> like a year ago would be quaking in her shoes, in her boots, so to speak, hearing me say that. Like she would be terrified of the me that I am now because the me that I am now is as fearless and clear in relationship as it is to money, as it is to career, as it is to body. It is amazing. And I am just so thankful to be able to have this sense of clarity, obviously, first and foremost for myself, because that's great to not fear and just trust in the unknown and not need anything outside of myself to complete me in any way, but just to be complete within myself. That was something that I always felt in all the other areas, but not in the area of relationship. And here I am out the other side, feeling complete and whole, obviously not done in any like eternal sense of the word. Like, of course, I'll be evolving continually as a piece of consciousness in this realm and beyond. But at the same time, I don't have that human sense of fear or scarcity or lack. And I'm, I'm just thriving. And so I just want to say that in case that's inspiring or useful for anyone else that maybe is even in a relationship. I've seen a lot in my new clarity, I can say. I can see now what I see around money for others or others with career, including myself. Because my clarity around money and career has been so clear, I've obviously had a lot of community in our community, specifically the Lively community, that have wanted that same kind of clarity in their career and their money. So that's been a joy. By the way, Unlimited Aligned Abundance is now available as an evergreen course. We just taught that about abundance. It's been amazing to see all the transformations people have been having ever since the course has you know, started for the live version of it. But now that it's evergreen. You can go purchase it if you are interested. That's over at jesslively.com slash aligned abundance. But that's a sidebar. But because I've been so clear around that topic and been able to help so many people find that clarity, and I can see it so clearly for them, I had a harder time on the subject of relationships because that was the area I was more thirsty for, so to speak. And now I have that same clarity for myself and I can see it for others' relationships as well. So if there's anybody that's in a relationship that's a kind of afraid, I, I see this with a lot of personal people in my life as well and other relationships that aren't necessarily serving them in the highest way and they're scared. They're scared to make a change and they're scared of what's like. What's it like on the other side? What's it like to leave that? Will I find somebody? Will I not? Will I be making the wrong decision? Will I regret it? All those kinds of things. That clarity that I have around the money and abundance thing is now how I feel for myself and for the others in my life as well. In love, of course, I you know honor everyone's choices and stuff because it's all everyone's sovereign choice to make the choices they're making. But I just want to share from my place of peace and centeredness, this place of embodied alignment without a relationship and 
willing to follow my deepest truth and follow my inner voice and not fear on the human level that that might leave me from a state of lack. Like there's no obvious guarantee that I will end up finding a partner for this lifetime. There's really no guarantee. But there's also no guarantee I'm going to make any more money the rest of my life either. But I'm somehow always getting up and always trusting and always okay with that. And the same is true for this. And I just want to say that just because it's something that a year ago, Jess, five years ago, Jess certainly would be terrified to hear me say (laughs) because she was so attached. But I can say there's nothing to fear. At least I no longer have that sense of trepidation that sense of insecurity, that sense of longing, that sense of lack. And I think that that's something that that YouTuber, in a sense, kind of seemed to portray to me. And that was very helpful. And I just want to be that for anyone else that might be holding on to something that's not serving them in the best and highest way, but they're afraid of what the other side of the rainbow might look like. It can be quite beautiful. You can thrive. You can have new adventures. You can go to the places you love. There's so many opportunities. They look different, but it doesn't have to be negative. It can be even more amplifying of the beauty in your own life. So just want to say that right at the start. I haven't even gotten into questions. By the way, let me also say before I get into questions, we're starting up a new class. I'm so excited. This is something that people have been asking me to do. It's not something that I've been thinking about because it's so on autopilot in my own reality. It's not something that I've thought to talk about, just kind of like abundance. I knew it was a topic everybody in the community likes to ask me about, but this one has also been something the community likes to ask me about, but because it's so natural in my life now, I don't really think to teach about it, but I'm excited to cover it. It's something we've covered in the living room. It's something that, you know, other inner voice facilitators have done, but this is going to be my class on the subject, which to be fair, I'm quite passionate about the freedom of people that may be stuck in this because I have the utmost compassion for people that are stuck mentally draining their energy about their body eating and exercise. So if you have one of those minds, I had a nine-year body eating exercise image issue of my mind controlling my body in the eating, the exercise, what I looked like, how I felt about what I looked like, how I tried to mentally control the outcomes of my body from my mind. I basically could have practically had a nutrition degree based on the number of books I read, the research I'd done on you know calories, fats, all of those sorts of diets. And then I don't say diets. I didn't even get into diets. I was just kind of like, although I did do Weight Watchers for a period of time, that's kind of, a, I guess, maybe a form of diet. But I've just did so many different things over all of those years. I can say for the personal history, for those that are interested, in my high school years and into early college, I was underweight, borderline anorexic. My doctor was the only person that said something and spoke up and told my parents after he weighed me for a physical one year that if I didn't gain weight, he'd have to take action. But interestingly, in my life at that time, no one said anything. I was obsessed with counting calories. I would eat, I don't even want to say the number because I remember how mental I was about that number. And so for anyone else, I might still be stuck in that borderline anorexic phase. Like this is not something that anyone needs to hear. So anyways, I had a specific target of calories and I would count my calories to the same day, like 40 to 50 times a day, the same calories, the same apple. I know I'm still probably have all the recall of like how many calories are pretty much in any item on the planet because I was that obsessed. And I would say OCD about the subject. 
that was underweight. Then I went into the binge eating years. So for the next four and a half or five years, I went from the underweight to being, I wouldn't say if I was, I don't know if I was clinically overweight, but I was certainly had more weight on my frame than my frame needed to have naturally. Let's put it that way. I would never say it was extreme, but I would say it was a 40 pound swing from the underweight to the heavier binge eating. And definitely you could see it on my body. It was not the natural set point of my frame and my body in its own right. So that was also very frustrating on the other end of the scale and spectrum. And also I I still knew all the calorie information, but I think I because I had known I didn't want to become borderline anorexic again, I didn't know how to find that natural middle. And honestly, after nine years of being in a balanced state about my body, but never succeeding in a, in a natural sustainable way from my mind controlling my body and hitting some magical number and staying there permanently forever, which literally is impossible and not the point at all of what we're here on the planet for, I finally gave up the control of my mind and went back into what I guess you could call, I don't know this, the, the concept of intuitive eating was in its very infancy when I was making the shift in my own life. So I did read Janine Roth's book, Women, Food, and God. That was a beautiful book for me, really seminal, but I didn't go further than that. That book was kind of one of those tipping points that helped me get my mind out of the control and to like let go of the reins of my body. And then I just went all straight into intuition. But intuition kind of as obviously, because I didn't go further into the outer world for those answers, I went into my own intuition and started living from there ever since. And obviously I am thrilled with the results. My body actually found its balance very quickly, I would say overall, especially compared to nine years of thinking about food, calories and my exercise. I ran marathons during that period of time. Obviously, not even always losing weight, but to lose weight was why I ran the marathons. But uh, one of them, I certainly didn't gain. I didn't lose any weight and I, I didn't really gain. And then the second one, yeah, it was just a nightmare, guys. If you guys have been in this, if you guys are overly educated on the subject of food and exercise, you've done all the things, you might as well be a nutritionist at this point. This is not for people that have a lack of awareness of what's fo- the quote unquote mental mass consciousness idea of what the right foods to eat, you know that. This is not for people that don't have an awareness of nutrition or exercise. This is for the people that are like myself as I was. They were overly educated, that need to stop their mind from controlling their body so their body can naturally find its own balance and set point. If that is what you want, if you want that weightlessness of your mind's baggage on this subject, if you want to stop and drop the entire concept of the right and the wrong, and look, the fact that the weight of the body should even matter to you. If that's what you, if you want to stop thinking about it and just let the body find its own balance and harmony and have that flow in your life and go into that like mentally weightless place because I felt so weighed down by my mind, this is the class I'm, I'm creating for you. So we're gonna also have my friend Rachel from RTT, hypnotherapy, to also help us with the deeper issues that might be there in this subject, because obviously for those like myself that had nine years of eating issues, if you've had 32 years, if you've had 40 years, if you've had two, one year, whatever it is, there's no reason to have this subject control so much of your mental energy basically, period. So whatever that is, we have RTT to help. We're going to have myself. We're going to have some other facilitators as well to help you get out of the mind's control. So if that sounds interesting to you, I'm calling it embodied alignment 
because it's about that embodied feeling of alignment within yourself, not your mind and not in the cookbooks and not on the Weight Watchers points and not in the, well, I went to a nutritionist in college once and they had me like check off all these little portions and stuff, not in your calculator, calculating your calories if you want that embodied alignment that just freaking feels good every day without having to control or think about a calorie or a type of food the rest of your life and just live for fun and joy, this is the class I'm creating. So it's gonna start in mid-October and you can join us if you want to over at jesslively.com slash embodied alignment. I'm excited because this will just be that chance for me to share this journey that I've had with you guys. And also, I hope that it helps you, of course. And also the community of people that we're gonna have in it, of course, can help you as well to connect with other people like yourself who are working on releasing these mental reins so the body can go back to its normal, regular programming. It's so beautiful when it does. Okay, now let's get into the questions. Thank you for having them. Let's see how many people have asked about Atlas or other things, but let's see, what's the questions? So Isabel asked, hi, Jess and Bella. And by the way, thank you guys so much when you call me Bella, I really appreciate it. I'm slowly in my personal life going into Bella mode. And if you're like, what the heck, Jess? Uh, my inner voice in an early cacao ceremony with Atlas, he asked my inner voice, he goes, your name's not Jess. Inner voice, what is, ask your inner voice what your name is. And I did what he said and I heard Bella. Now, I first I hated the name because I had never thought of the name Bella. It seemed very grandiose to name yourself Bella. My mind certainly never cared about the name and wouldn't have picked it for itself, but uh, it's become a most beautiful and evocative and ceremonially transformative word to describe the way that I feel in my life now. After going through all of this transformation in my life for the many, like I say seven years now of this journey that I've been on, of the deep, deep transformation of like letting go of the, you know, marriage, letting go of the house and all this stuff, traveling around the world and and growing as I have in consciousness, Bella really seems to be the physical representation of the inner transformation. And so I love it when you guys call me that. I don't know if I'll ever legally change the name to Bella, but I'd love to be more and more known or at least I identify personally more and more as that name. But that's not to say you could call me Jess whenever you want. And if you prefer to call me Jess because you think the thing about changing your name is weird, that's totally fine too. Like I'm not um, beholden to other people. Both names are relevant, you know, they're both my names essentially. But I, I do love when you guys call me Bella. So thank you, Isabel, for doing that. She says, I would love to know, how do you get into alignment? And how do you know when you get there? Well, I know that I get there because I feel good. So that's how I know is the feeling of alignment feels good. Good. So I feel elevated. I feel optimistic. I feel peaceful. I feel clear. I feel aligned. And how do I get into it? It's different in different parts of the day or in obviously different days of the week and parts of the world. So it really depends. Typically, in many points of my life, it's it's all about what's going to make you feel good. So that's the driving force. What's going to make you feel good right now? That's the premise. So the outcome of what you choose to take action on can change every single day or every now moment to what's right now. So usually in when I was living in Lisbon or even in other places in London for the last few months, alignment often almost always looked like getting up, listening to Abraham during the day, in the morning, and then 
going to get some coffee and especially during the warmer weather, going on a really beautiful walk, really, really long walks. I was walking 20 to 30,000 steps a day just for the joy of being in Hyde Park because Lisbon has the slippery tiles and so hilly that there's only really one major, unless you're going to Monsanto the park or going out to Sintra, there's not like a walkable city feature that's not going to have you slipping in your Birkenstocks or climbing up epic hills and sweating your your butt off. So once I got here, I was just like walking like a little fiend all over Hyde Park because I typically stay in areas that are close to Hyde Park because of my love for it. So that would be my alignment then. But at the moment, because I'm enjoying the flat I'm staying in so much now and I get so much peace here, I've actually in the last few days been shifting to having coffee and actually aligning here. It can look like reading a book. It can do a rampage of appreciation in the morning. That's something I love to do. That is just where I write down things that I appreciate, like an hour long or maybe five minutes, but I just write down things that I appreciate about my reality or even about my Bella Vita, which maybe I'll share soon what Bella Vita is. But basically, I just appreciate things. I listen to things that feel good when I'm walking sometimes. Like for example, today, I'm actually having lunch with my friend Matt, who you guys actually know you do kind of know him. He's the composer for the music that you listen to at the beginning and end of the show right now. This season of the show, he's our, you know, he's the composer that made it, dear friend of mine in Lisbon, but he's British and he's here for some work in London. So I'm going to get lunch with him today. And as I walk over to see him, I'll walk like an hour from, I'm staying in like kind of the Earl's Court area and I'm walking over to like Marleybone Soho for our lunch. And so I'll be walking through the park, which of course I'm very excited about. And I'll probably listen to some music. I love Trevor Hall's music. Sidebar, now that I'm saying that. I had this idea and it made me really happy to think about. So I'm just going to put it out there into the ether. If anybody, if this is meant to happen, it will happen. But I had this idea. I love Trevor Hall's music so much. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's one of those kind of spiritual consciousness kind of singer musicians. And to be honest, I've listened to others, but I've never connected with the energy of their voices, literally the tone of his voice and the lyrics that he sings. A lot of other spiritual stuff kind of like is, I I see as like true to a point, (laughs) but then it kind of like, it caps off at a certain level of consciousness and then it's kind of like, that's it. But with Trevor's work, it's very rare that I ever, ever, ever find a line where I'm like, oh, that's that's true to a point. Like it's true (laughs) and it's so beautiful. And I had this idea to imagine one day being able to collaborate with him on a song or something like that, to like be able to share or meld our energies into like from my like obviously all the time with the inner voices and the wisdom of all the people and understanding everything that we do through IVFT. I just had this idea of, I don't know, somehow collaborating with him to because he's so beautiful with the music side. So anyways, if anyone, if that's meant to happen, I'm just going to put it out there. May it happen. So yeah, that's what I do. I do things that feel good in the moment. And in the evenings, obviously, I do different things. I like to read my old Cat Who series. It's a series of murder mysteries that have a a man named James Quillerin solves murder mysteries with his cats that are Siamese cats and Coco and Yum Yum. It is as ridiculous as that sounds. I read them in high school and I'm coming back to them again. 
have something aligning to do in the evenings when I'm alone and I feel like doing it. Okay, so now we have Carolyn who says, Atlas has not been mentioned in some time. I hope you both are well and happy regardless of the relationship status. That is so sweet, Carolyn. Thank you so much. And that is what I'm saying, guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you a million percent for being so respectful. Even the way that she said that, that just shows, that shows so much consciousness, compassion, wisdom, love. Like, you guys are amazing. And I, it almost makes me cry. Does it, the relationship doesn't make me cry at all. I'm super thrilled that I've had it. And you guys make me just so overwhelmingly appreciative. Thank you for being the humans you are. There are, I think it comes to like the consciousness and the clarity this community has is so clear. Everybody's so humble. Everybody's growing so much. And they know that as they're growing, they can share in a way that's vulnerable and open and they're not judged. And it's just beautiful. You guys are amazing. So thank you, Carolyn. I appreciate that. All right, let's see. Celine says, how do you get back on track after feeling suddenly low, not in alignment anymore and anxious, fearful about the future and therefore creating a resistance to anything that you'd really want to attract? Well, Celine, okay, so yesterday I didn't have like any super low, low, low like this, but obviously I've had many of them in the past. I would say beanbagging the emotions is obviously numero uno. So if it's super, super low and really, really heavy, dense energies, I would join a beanbag session in the living room, get that recording, and then go back to that recording if I needed it for help and guidance to help me get into releasing the feelings. So I'd release the heavy energies as they come up. So that's number one. And the classes you take can help you to learn how to do that. Or you can do a one-on-one session with a facilitator too if you want to get personal guidance with a facilitator as well through going over to justlively.com and finding the Find a Facilitator page and then picking somebody to work with if you want to do that as like a personally guided. But then other than that, I yesterday had a really busy day and I was around a lot of different people and a lot of different energy. A friend had a book signing. I did an eyelash appointment in Hackney. So it was like a whole like different part of town, different energies in that part of town, which is great. But it was just like a lot. And then I went and just did a few other appointments in different parts of the city and different types of people. And so it was great and beautiful, wonderful. But I felt very, very scattered in my own energy by the end of the day because I had been running from things thing to thing without a lot of time in between. And so I wasn't feeling low, but I was feeling scattered. This is actually a word I learned from Atlas. I loved it. Scattered energy. My energy is kind of all over the place. It was like a lot of musical instruments playing their, like, you know, getting tuned up, but they're all kind of not playing together in harmony. So scattered, like, like at the start of a opera or a concert when they're just kind of tuning the musical instruments and it's all scattered sound. That's kind of how I was feeling. For me, also because it was the evening, I went to sleep. And the more aware I've become, the more I treasure my sleep because the more I'm aware in my dreams and in my awareness is like processing in my sleep state so efficiently. It's like a dishwasher. It's kind of how I think about it. It's like I load all the dishes of the energies of the day. At night, I go to sleep and then they wash themselves through the experiences and they kind of like process and defragment overnight and then I wake up with clean dishes or a clean slate so that feels really good so going to sleep too can be very helpful those are the two things beanbagging and going to sleep (laughs) and waking up the next day now we have Amy Johnston photo he said how can you get into a place of peace when things around you aren't going as your mind has planned okay get into a place of peace there's two things inner voicing the dialogue, why am I upset about whatever the situation is and going back and forth, back and forth until you can get all the clarity you can. 
and beanbagging the emotions that are the reason you're not at peace about the situation. Again, the living room classes can help you to do the the how of those two things because it's not something I can teach you on a podcast. It's something you have to experience directly to knowing how to do it. It's like, I can't do a podcast on surfing to teach you how to surf. You have to go in the surf lesson and actually get in the water yourself. So that's where the living room comes in handy. So that would be the things that I would do though. Inner voice dialogue about the situations your mind's unhappy about and releasing the emotions the mind's holding on to that are the dissatisfaction in the first place. Okay, Isla says, are you considering a move to London? What about all the time and energy you spent to create a life in Portugal? Is Portugal no longer flowing? This is a great question. Okay, so am I considering a move to London? I actually have tried to move to London over the years of travel twice. And I was thwarted by my inner voice both times. One was in the decision to come to London. And I, in like 2018, was on my way. I had a flight that evening, but I was in Detroit for two days. And a friend of mine sent me a listing to the property I ended up purchasing in Detroit that day that I left for London. He sent me the listing on a Sunday. I ended up being able to because I had nothing else to do that day. I was so like lost for what to do that day, but he sent me the listing and I thought, well, it looks pretty. It looks like the place I lived in Sydney, if I was ever gonna consider a place in Detroit in my life, which was not even in my mind at the time. I thought, well, that would be the place that I would stay. So I called the real estate agent and magically he was able to show me in 15 minutes on a Sunday afternoon in Detroit, (laughs) this property. And so I ended up seeing it walking through. It was meant to be, even as I see the clock right now, it's 10, 11 a.m. So it's like 111 right now. That's how aligned that property was for me to purchase. So I purchased it. I owned it for several years. I only lived in it for about six months and then I sold it and went on to Australia and then kind of was in the suitcase again. But that was supposed to be a move to London and it ended up being Detroit because of the magical alignment of everything about that property. It came into my life magically. It sold magically perfectly. Everything, it rented magically perfectly. It was the most aligned real estate experience I've ever had. Because I had no resistance or even any intention or desire to be there, I only would do it if it was the utmost alignment and it really was and served me so beautifully. It gave me a place to put my stuff. It gave me a sense of a place to be, even though I was still technically mostly on the road. And the other time I was going to move to London was after the pandemic. I was in Hawaii for four and a half months and really keen to get out of America because it's not my favorite place to be in the world. Of all the places to be, I love that I grew up there. I'm so thankful for the mindsets that I've experienced as a child growing up, entrepreneurially speaking. I love the energy that Americans have to personal development, to business, to entrepreneurism. I love and cherish all of those experiences, but the country itself is not my personal favorite or preference. So I knew I wanted to leave and I thought London would be because Australia hadn't flowed in the past and that's always been my number one, but it has never flowed visa-wise. I was going to always use London as my backup to Sydney or to Australia. And so I was coming and my inner voice in Hawaii warned me, I would go to London for a short while, not a long while. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, right, I'm going anyways. And I went with every intention to stay in London. But I found out about the D7 visa in Portugal as I was in London in 2020. And because of the weather turning colder and the cost of living being so high and the hard water in the water systems, I was seeing all the lime scale in my friend's kettle. I was just like, I don't know if this is really the actual place I really wanna stay most of my year. And so when two friends said the same thing on the same day, you know, the easiest visa to get is 
Portugal for the European Union. I had obviously fallen in love with Lisbon in 2016, 2017. And so that just became a very easy no-brainer. So I went over there. I totally flowed. My feeling on it to be, you know, understood in a later point in time, I don't know what the future holds. But I feel like now, this is only at this now moment, who knows what will happen in the flow of clarity future-wise. I actually feel like Portugal might have been the place for me to meet Atlas. I think that Atlas and I have had many lives together, have were meant to meet in this lifetime and have this beautiful healing experience together. It feels like that was very, very, very planned and clandestine and synchronistic and everything. We had moved there about the same time of the year before. Like, there's so many overlaps of us that it was so beautiful. So I think that that's what Portugal really was for. The more I've stayed there, though, I don't envision a version of me now that is there. But I did love Portugal for also, I didn't personally love the ways that Australia or the UK or America handled COVID. And so Portugal was this kind of, and I didn't love how Portugal handled it personally either, but at least it felt like a place that wasn't like overly controlling the way some of the more technologically advanced countries were doing things. And so I kind of liked that kind of more relaxed approach to COVID. And so for the pandemic, I didn't really want to be in Australia locked in without the ability to leave a country felt very claustrophobic and limiting. The UK was like very hit or miss, hot or cold about the like complete lockdown, complete open, complete lockdown. It was a bit. And then America was like in a lot of chaos within themselves about so many subjects in life. So Portugal was probably the most ideal place to be for me, my experience of COVID and to meet Atlas and have that experience was was ideal, was was beautiful. But I don't know that Portugal has the future for me at all. I think that that might have been what it was for. So we shall see how Australia goes this time. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up in Sri Lanka. (laughs) All I can say is that now I truly know that I don't know. I just know my mind can have intentions and ideas, but it may not be what ends up happening. So for that reason, I'm not actually considering a move to London as such because so many other times it has not flowed. But I guess that is also to say, if it did actually flow, truly flow, then I would do it. But so far it hasn't flowed yet. So never say never, but I don't know. I do really love it. And I haven't felt like being back in Portugal yet. I will shortly be there, but I've also been there for quite a long time now. And I think... Australia is just, I think the Abraham Hicks cruise leaving to and from Sydney was just, you know, I love New Zealand. I've been there for one week previous to this, and I've always wanted to do more hiking there. So I think for me, the Abraham cruise is just kind of a no brainer because it's like a way to do the hiking I've always wanted to do in New Zealand and the in and out of Australia for it. It's just like, okay, maybe this is, this was the sign I wanted to see something sparkly and fun to to bring me back in an aligned, you know, kind of beautiful manifestation. But let's see what happens from there. Okay, now Izzy says, in your travels to other countries, I'm sure you've heard so many amazing accents, but has anyone ever commented on your accent? Yes, actually, recently... I've gotten a fair bit of people even in the last week. They Some people say, you know, why do you sound so American if I've been out of the country for so long? And I'm always like, yeah, I I don't know. I, um, I wish it wasn't as strong because it's not like where I really identify as. And so 
because I've been out of the country so much for the last seven years, it's something I, I appreciate having grown up in. And obviously I know it quite well, but it's not really when they want to just say, where are you from? They just want to put me because of my accent back in America, like I've never left it or something. And I'm like, well, I have a definitely a different viewpoint than I had when I even myself was living in America. So the accent, though, still hasn't quite changed. Some people, though, do kind of wonder if I'm from another place. And I always get excited about that. But that's just because I just feel so happy being less defined by any particular country. They're just places on the planet. They're not, you know, people make an identity about a place on the planet. What's really more the identity, though, is the psychographic, the ways that the mental cultural constructs play out ends up being the thing. You can take someone from the Eastern Bloc, for example, and put them in London and they'll evolve and they'll grow out of some of the things. But then they're also going to have still, like I do, obviously have a lot of cultural conditioning from America as well. So yeah, anyways, but they, they do ask about my accent, but I'm always like, oh yeah, I wish I had a more neutral one. I love uh, our president, Jack. She, Jacqueline's in Australia. I'm so excited to see her again. She's lived in Australia for so long that her accent's actually one of a kind. She has her own voice that's not like anyone's voice. It's not quite American totally. It's not Australian totally. It's this hybrid that is Jack. And I love that. Maybe one day that will become mine. I'm not sure if it'll totally shift. But I do like my voice of the podcast. I do think that also I would say American accents are very easy to understand. So even though I loved, for example, Atlas's accent with the Irish, oh, it's beautiful, beautiful accent. But I do find that, and you know, British is easy to understand, but I think Americans pronounce so many of their letters so clearly, the R's especially, we always notice in the British Commonwealth, they drop the R, soften the R so much more than Americans do. But the R's, um, it's just, it's very easy to listen to accent. So actually it probably works for the podcast quite well for even people of other languages to hear me speak with the American accent, probably, I would guess. Now we have Andrea Whalen who said, hey Jess, podcast question. What would you tell your younger self who may not be ready to receive what you know now about her journey? <laughs> Thanks, Andy. What would you tell your younger self about her journey? Oh my gosh, I would tell her exactly what my inner voice told me. So when I was single and I had the offer to sell the house and all my furniture the, the week before the trip to Europe, I have a YouTube video of me reading a letter to my inner voice that day. And I asked my inner voice that day, should I sell the house? And I heard yes. And I asked why my inner voice said, because you want a life you never imagined before. And that's what I would say, because I don't think if I told her anything that's happened, she'd want to do it. Like, even though I'm happy I've done it, I would not have said yes to it at that point in time. It was too much. It would have tore me open. It needed to open a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Kind of like I was just seeing, this is the inner voice analogy was showing me um, dilation for birth. So if you just went from no contractions with a full baby in your belly and tried to push out a baby without the dilation of the cervix and how the baby, like how the expansion happens slowly over time, but without any contractions, just push the baby out <laughs> because you've decided that it's time to birth without the birthing process having already been naturally or artificially you know, started without it going forward into that dilation, it would have tore open or not even worked. And I, it, it's not open enough yet. 
to birth out the new, you had to slowly stretch and open up. And so I think there was so many things I had to stretch and open up to. Even this, a year ago, me would have been terrified by the me I am now without any fear of being alone the rest of my life single. Like this would not have been the person I would have even thought I wanted to become because I was so attached to what I thought I wanted. I couldn't imagine being so steady and stable that even if I don't get what I want, I know I'm thriving anyways. That That is so edgy. So I would say, but you want a life you never imagined before <laughs> because that little me could not have imagined this life. Even last year, me could not have imagined this life. Okay, now let's move on. We've got Naomi Little who said, question for your Q&A. May I have your thoughts or Bella downloads on finding alignment as a working mother when I have certain time constraints and dependence? Okay, so thoughts on finding alignment as a working mother when I have certain time constraints and dependence. Okay, let's do Bella since she said that. Bella is also what I use to call my inner voice in a fun, cute way now. So let's channel this in from my inner voice for you, Naomi. Naomi, you have everything you need to have everything you want, but you have to go within yourself to find that truth. You can't go in your mind. You can't go in your dependence. You can't go in anybody else outside of you and say, oh, that's true. I know what to do. They don't know what you should do. Only you know what you should do, but you have to go inside of you to know what the you that you need to do is doing. So go inside, go inside of yourself right now and ask, how do I do this with everything on my plate right now? How do I do this with everything on my plate right now? What should I do next? What should I do next? I can't do that. How do you expect me to do that, inner voice? Ask those kinds of questions and go inward one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. There you go, Naomi. Okay, now we have Photog and Manifestation who says, any new travel adventures coming up? Yes, many, as I just have already shared. So I will... I'll leave it at that because we've just gone through that for a lot of the show. Now we have Heather Nalen Andrews. He says, hey, Jess, I've been following you since you came out about Abraham Hicks on your episode many years ago. I actually was searching podcasts back then and talked about Abraham and yours was one of three. So different now. Anyways, which of your courses would you recommend for a rhinoceros that knows she's actually a unicorn but has been rhinocerosing her way through life and wants to remember the ways? Oh, that's so cute. So if you guys remember rhinoceros versus rhino, that's from a few years ago. I had a friend, Mike, in Australia who actually kind of like, kind of looks like a rhinoceros. He's kind of got like big, broad shoulders. He's just a energetically kind of tough guy. And so he's a rhinoceros. Got his horn, but he's like on the ground. Big shoulders, big chest, like just on the ground kind of guy. And then I was like this little unicorn that was just like up in the air, (laughs) floating around. Like, how can we fly through things? But I also had a horn. I just had a very different shape of body or energetic body, you could say, to this reality. So that was kind of our dichotomy of of each other and play off of our energies. And we talked about that in the earlier years of the Abraham thing. So the question is, which courses did you recommend for a rhino that knows she's actually a unicorn? Okay, I would do flow with intention. And that is part of a bundle of recordings. You can go to jesslivey.com slash shop and you can go find it. But there's a bundle of recordings, including that. I think there's like 116 hours <laughs> of recordings. So if that sounds fun, you can dive in as much as little. You don't have to listen to all 116 hours. And there's other courses bundled in with it as well. So go in if your inner voice feels like it's a fit and try that. Okay. 
Now we have Emma Jane Leeson who said, hi, Jess, love the show. I have a Q&A question. So I've devoured all of the Michael Newton books years ago and love any topic to do with past lives, regression, etc. Recently, I noticed a lot of my friends and family have been tracing their DNA lines through companies like MyHeritageDNA Online. My mind has been having loads of fun pondering if perhaps our past lives and DNA could be linked to our current life in DNA. Would love to know your thoughts or what Bella has to say on the topic. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I have not come across any channels talking about the physical DNA that you could get tracked at the, you know, local companies you're talking about, that kind of thing that's here on the physical planet and how it goes back to the other lives. But I think that's a really interesting thing that's probably going to be done in the future. I don't know, or maybe it's being done now and even in the progression of the research stages right now. So I would keep an eye out, Emma Jane, in the, the years to come. Because I could totally imagine that becoming something that happens more and more. Let's find out. Okay, now we have Vladislava has asked, Hi Jess, just want to know your opinion about eyesight laser correction. I've been trying to improve my vision naturally for almost five years now, but somehow struggle with this. I don't want to come back to contact lenses, yet somehow laser correction feels like giving up and the inability to connect with my body or release beanbags, which influence my eyesight. Thank you. My opinion on it is do what feels like your best path of alignment when it comes to contacts or laser correction. For myself, I have thought about doing laser correction, even though I've done the years of living without contacts and barely ever wearing the lowest and lightest prescription of glasses, I much lighter than my actual eye prescription would be. I didn't do the laser for the same idea. Personally, I like, and I'm just gonna tell you personally because you asked for my opinion. I, for myself and my own eyeballs, have decided not to get laser. It's not to say I wouldn't ever get laser. Who knows what I'll want to do in a year? I didn't, you know, a year ago me was scared of this me. So maybe, (laughs) and I'm not scared of getting laser correction or anything, but I just like the idea of leaving open for the magic. But in the meantime, I'm not offended or upset about having to wear contacts just to see clearly. So I don't have to kind of go through the blurry, beautiful world, the fuzzy world that I was living in for those other years. So I just find peace with the contacts. I love the idea of those still having the potential for dramatic realization of eyesight, but I'm not waiting for it in a longing or, you know, I'm satisfied where I am, but I also know I've already put that idea obviously in my vortex. So if it's meant to happen, I'll match to it eventually. But you obviously go into your inner voice what's right for you. Now we have consciously Javrina says, I would like to know what skincare products you're currently using. Oh, fun topic for me. Okay, I actually really like the products I'm using right now. I'm using the Chanel Water Fresh Skin Tint. There is a new product on their market that's similar, but a little bit heavier. I like the original Light 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 formula. It doesn't have any oil in it, which I know now. I now realize oil and dimethicone or silicone products make my skin break out. So I try to avoid things that have those products inside of them. And so the Chanel doesn't have that. So it's very, very, very lightweight. It's like lighter than a CC BB cream. And I just like it because it evens out my skin color overall on the skin. So it looks just evened, but still you can see my freckles and all that kind of texture, not texture, but a color underneath as well. Um, But it just evens out the pinkness that's kind of here and there. And then I like for the evening, the Augustinus Bader. Oh, I love Augustinus Bader. They have a stem cell research. It's a very expensive line, but I really do find it's beautiful. And one of the things I've also struggled with is retinols or retinoids. And because my skin's so sensitive, 
I believe, I think the lady at the Augustinus counter said that they're not, with, with their technology, they say it's basically kind of doing, and I don't know, if, like this is not me as a skincare person. So go check your own skincare person to confirm this if if this is right for you. Obviously, if you've got a retinol and you've got a great program going though, obviously don't change what ain't broke. But for me, because I had so many issues with so many skin products, I like that Augustinus Bader, the light cream doesn't have any oil in it. I've got no dimethicone, so I'm able to put on the toner and their moisturizer at night, and it has the skin cell thing, so I'm kind of getting something that keeps it looking fresh while I'm not irritating my skin with something else. And then I every now and then, I do like the glycolic acid, the raspberry glycolic acid by Drunk Elephant, so a few times a week I'll put that on, but otherwise, I'm keeping it really simple. And then I like Allies of Skin, their prebiotic moisturizer, I think it's called something. It's got a longer name, but it's in the beige bottle. I like that because it doesn't irritate my skin also. And then sunscreen, I found one, but actually as I've been in the cloudier days of London, I've not been wearing it. And actually my skin's less broken out. So I'm like, oh man, I'm still looking for the perfect sunscreen that doesn't look cakey, that doesn't look dry, that doesn't look white cast, that doesn't break me out, that looks good under makeup and doesn't have dimethicone or oils in it. (laughs) Still on the lookout for that. And I don't prefer like powdery things. So like bare minerals, like shields or any of those minerally just like dry stuff. That's not really what I'm looking for either. So still looking for a like moisturizer type texture of the perfect sunscreen for me. I'm sure it's out there. I one day will find it. Obviously, I'll have to get more active with the sunscreen search for Australia, but they also have so many interesting product formulations in Australia because they're so aware of that kind of stuff. So I'm very excited to see what they've got. I'm sure I'm actually feeling pretty confident that I'll, I'll find something. In the meantime, I can keep using what I have. I just don't like that it clogs my pores as I use it. So it's there. I use it sparingly as needed, um, but when I can get away without using it, my skin, I can see, thanks me. So, all right, now we have Kaylee Trevor who said, love the Q&A episode, so I'm feeling a little lost at the moment. Not feeling very aligned with my current job, but very unsure what I'd rather do. I work in medicine as a PA, so walking away from that feels like a big step, but it doesn't feel right to leave as a big step. Any insight would be great. Kaylee, it's very likely that it's not time yet to leave. I've worked with so many people in the same situation I just did a talk with Jess session, a one-on-one client session recently with a nurse who is an amazing nurse in America, really lovely girl. She was wanting to go into coaching more than staying as a nurse, but her inner voice, as we did the inner voice, you know, kind of dialogue just to get like that clarity on that subject, that little topic right there was like, stay until it's time to leave. And so I'm guessing for you too, there's still something clicking in or resistance releasing so that you can flow into the next thing. So it's probably likely that you're about, you're meant to stay for now in that job until the release, resistance has been released or something new happens and flows to you So or through you. So I would obviously always, always go into your inner voice. And I think actually October may be a career or money month for the living room. So this is a great thing to go check out the living room. Great plug for the living room in October. Go check out the classes. See if there's anything that sparks your joy. There's a lot they're going to be focusing on the topic of work and career and money, I think. That's the topic. There's a bunch of new months that we're kind of pre-planning out. So Lucy's been doing an amazing job managing that. And I'm pretty sure it's October. That's the money or work one. So look for a class maybe that might touch on that topic and then use your inner voice to beanbag and to get question answers and direction. 
All right, last one. Plant-based PCOS says, question for your Q&A. How were you able to heal your acne? I'm currently struggling with cystic acne and feel so hopeless, so any advice would be amazing. Oh my goodness, I have so much, so, 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 so much compassion. I had so many years of that, so I have so much compassion. For me, I think part of it was time for my body to balance and find its own energy flow after using the pill for so many years to regulate my irregular periods and all that kind of thing. So that was one thing. For a period of that time also, when I had the deeply cystic acne. So if you have that like disforming, disfiguring cystic acne like I had for a period of years, oh my gosh, I have so much compassion for that. For me during that period of time, I would actually see if you can find a kinesiologist or a naturopath or somebody that can test your sensitivities at this point in time to certain foods. I'm not saying it's going to be a permanent diagnosis, but I can tell you that I was eating peanut butter. There was a period where I had the deepest uh, disfiguring acne, and I ended up flowing at a Eckhart Tolle conference in Costa Rica. I met a woman. Talk about manifesting. I met a woman at this retreat with Eckhart in a hotel, like the Hilton in Costa Rica. And I I was just disfigured by the, the putting on makeup. It was like putting on makeup on a volcano. Putting concealer over a volcano in Hawaii doesn't mean the volcano's not there. It just means it's a volcano that has beige coloring on it. So anyways, that's what I was looking like. I was desperate to find an answer. And I manifested a woman, I forget her name, but she knew a kinesiologist, which I had never come across kinesiology up to that point. And she took me to him with herself because she was going, she somehow knew Costa Rica well. And she was like, I'm going to go to him. She got a car. I just flowed with her. And I went And this man, wonderful man, did a kinesiology and tested me for food sensitivities and found that my body was reactive to peanut butter, eggs, or peanuts, eggs, and dairy. And I wasn't choosing to eat meat out of personal preference. So that wasn't, I don't even know if I was sensitive to that because I didn't, I wasn't eating it naturally. But the peanuts, peanuts, eggs, dairy. Yeah, those are the three I can remember. I think there might've been a fourth one. But those things, and I was eating a lot of them up to that time, like eggs almost all of the time. So that was something that I eventually, I knew I never wanted to permanently, oh, it was gluten. Gluten, eggs, dairy, peanuts. I didn't want to personally leave bread or cheese behind in my last life. No way. I wanted to enjoy the best things about this world and its reality. But I did also want this acne to go away. So I did remove those products for the most part for a very longish period of time. But I also knew I didn't want to stay permanently away from them. I didn't want that sensitivity to define my identity in any way. And I didn't want it to be permanent in any way. And so now I can eat those subjects or foods. I don't have them all every single day. Like I don't eat eggs two a day, seven days a week, but I have them occasionally whenever I want them. I have cheese whenever I want it. I just don't eat any of it daily. So I don't know if I did it all the time, if that would actually aggravate my skin. But now I'm in a state of harmony where it's pretty clear most of the time, I would say for sure. Sometimes it's totally clear and sometimes it'll flare up a little bit, but I feel like the oil and dimethicone, avoiding those subjects as well. The other thing I would say, so on the inner side, figure out what you're sensitive to for foods and don't look at it as a permanent diagnosis. Just look at it as, am I sensitive to this right now? And would I be best if I didn't have it right now? And then keep going and don't identify with it. It's not who you are. It's just a temporary phase. And then hopefully later on, you might be able to evolve out of it. 
And then the what you put on your face. So the other thing I'd say is if you're in San Francisco or can get there, face reality, that's what it's called in San Francisco, is an acne clinic, the best in the world that I've ever come across personally. They're very strict and hardcore for a lot of things. So be forewarned, they're hardcore. They also get really good results for people with hardcore cases. So you know, they get results for a reason, I guess. But their products, they have a fact checker. And you could I think it's at the top of their website. Just drop in your email and you can drop all of the product lists and ingredient lists of all the products you're using and it'll show you if they're clogging or not. But ultimately, I use that. And then I also kind of narrowed down from their list and all the products I was using that dimethicone and oil were not my friends in terms of putting onto the face, at least at this point in time. Maybe when I hormones change, it could get to a point where I can totally have dimethicone and oil on. But it's kind of like my skin's still sensitive to those ingredients, but my body inwardly is not as much to the other ingredients. For myself also, I like prebiotics, probiotics to eat as well to help my gut health be as strong as possible. I think that helps. And then also one day I asked my inner voice, and you can do the same, of course. Ask your inner voice, what should I do? My inner voice told me to put vinegar on my face. And that's the other thing I love is that Aztec secret clay mask. It's on Amazon. If you're in America, it's the easiest to get. You can still get it outside of America. You just have to search for it and find a website that's going to distribute it to you. But it's really cheap and easily available in America through Amazon or other. I think even Target might sell it. But you can get the Aztec clay mask and put it with apple cider vinegar which is what my inner voice had said was vinegar. So it is a really good balancing toner. And also the mask like declogs your pores, which is wonderful. And then it told me to have apples and pears three a day, three apples or pears, some variation of three of those two fruits. So adding more of those in is also something that I sometimes dip into, remembering that that was what it advised me. So hopefully you'll find what your inner voice wants you to do. You'll find out your current sensitivities and just evolve as you go, but don't look at any of it as like a permanent life sentence or a permanent identity shift. This is just like basically look at your body as a beautiful little robot and it just needs some updates. It just needs some help to adjust, but it doesn't have to be a permanent adjustment necessarily. It can be a flow in the this time in your life as you're helping it find its new balance as it's going through some kind of transition, but it doesn't have to be a permanent one. It certainly is not who you are. It does not define you. You are not gluten dairy free. <laughs> your body may have a sensitivity to it, but you are not your body. So you personally, the, the you that you are does not have to have any kind of identity around that whatsoever. You can just be yourself and enjoy the life and then help your little robot with the things it needs help with. But there you guys have it. I hope you guys love this. And thank you guys so much, like I said, for being so respectful, so patient, so understanding, and so kind as to, you know, the the Atlas thing. And I love, actually, I'm kind of even surprised that out of the questions, there was only one, but it was so beautifully worded as it was, Carolyn. Thank you guys so much. I love you so much. I'm so excited to be teaching and sharing and, and coming in this new, I feel like we've kind of entered, I almost feel like this is a new season of my life. So maybe this is a new season of the show. Huh, maybe we should we have a new season. I'm going to take in a big break. I take breaks all the time now, but maybe this is like a new season. I like that. I think it's season nine. I think we'd be on. I've forgotten the season numbers. They're all irrelevant anyways. I think let's call it season nine. Let's call it season nine of the show, the Bella season. Let's do it. Thank you guys so much. I love you. And until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. 